0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Are You podcast by BiotropicLabs.com, sports performance supplements for people who move. Use the code PODCAST20 if you want to try something out. The burden of proof is on me. And as always, a satisfaction guarantee talking to Nelson Thomas, who's a reality TV show star on a show called The Challenge. This is a very interesting guy. He's been through a lot in his life. He's done a lot of different things, very colorful guy. And We're gonna get the backstory on what it's like to be on these reality shows, what's going on when the camera's on, when it's off and everything in between. What you need to know about Nelson is he's an MTV star, a TV star, a movie star, an all-around star and an all-around stud too. So stand by and let's check it out with Nelson Thomas. All right, so here he is, as I promised, Man, the the man, man, the man, Nelson, the man. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson Thomas, man, this is the guy I was telling you about, star, superstar, uh, this guy's amazing, and here's the deal here, uh, MTV star on a show called Challenge, and uh, we're going to do this a little differently, most of the time, Uh, that Nelson is doing an interview, it's people who really know the show and they're talking about the people and what happened and how the interactions are. And I'm assuming my audience doesn't really necessarily know the show. So we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to do a little bit of that, but mostly what we're going to do today is get to know Nelson and find out what this show is all about because I checked it out and it's a trip, man. It's It's a trip. It's tougher than I thought. It's crazier than I thought. It's not what I thought because... I saw a couple of early episodes, Nelson, and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Then I jumped way into late season, so I could say, figured it out. I saw you doing your thing, and I was mind blown, mind blown at what I was seeing. So let me give a real warm, loving introduction to my boy here, my man, Nelson Thomas.
1: Hey hey what's up man what's up to everybody out there i appreciate you having me it's a blessing to be on your podcast and let you know a little bit about me and what i do and man you just made me blush a little bit calling me a star
0: oh man you are a star man <laughs> tv movies everything interstellar out of space man he's everything i'm telling you plus what an athlete man this is an athlete extraordinary yeah boy i'm gonna put some links up so people can see what i saw it's just gonna be mind blown and i want you to explain what it is i saw but we'll get to that in in just a minute here let's let's just start with this who you know this is the who are you podcast and i don't always say tell us who you are man who are you but we're going to do that with this so tell us a little bit about nelly t who are you what is nelly t tell us what nelly t is man and you know what's your story man
1: Ah man, my story goes so far back. Um, <laughs> thinking about it, we're in 2021, and it just makes me think about where it all started. Well, I was born and raised in colleen Texas, and um, right up there by Fort Hood. But left Colleen when I was about six years old, and ended up in L.A., aka Inglewood. Um, in the 80s, man, it was pretty bad out there. I didn't gr- I grew up in poverty, mom? Um, one older brother. We were one year apart, but totally two different guys, totally two different. You know, I was the more of a tension, loud mouth, um, getting in trouble and stuff like that. And He was a more smart one, very athletic and very quiet. So um, I did have an older brother to look up to, but Man, uh, we were pretty, pretty close back in the day. But as time went on, you know, we, we we split up. Like, I ended up back in Texas because I got in a lot of trouble in L.A. You know, growing up with one mom in poverty in Inglewood, it was really, really hard for me because I didn't have a father figure at the time. Yeah, I had people come into my life in a father figure. But, you know, as, as it goes out there, my mom... She, she did her best to raise us the best she could, but it's hard to raise a man in poverty, especially in Inglewood. So I had to go to Texas, Austin, Colleen, um, Texas. My uncle took me in. Um, I ended up going to four different high schools, four different high schools, people. So you telling me that right there, I had to make friends at each high school each year. And right then and there, I, I was used to it. You could put me in any kind of, uh, atmosphere area and I'm gonna make friends just who I was. I was very outgoing. I love to talk. I love to meet new people. And that just uh, something about myself, one of my characteristics that was really good about me. I can start a conversation with anybody, no matter who you are or where you're from. But to make a long story short, you know, I graduated from Texas State and I started doing acting when I was about 14 years old, 15, 16, um, did Friday Night Lights, did a couple other TV shows, did some commercials. And when I was on set, man, um, I felt like it was home. Like right? This is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. But don't get me wrong, people. I did play sports in high school. I played football and I ran track. Now, was I an A1 athlete? No, I was not. I was an average athlete, to be honest with you. I wasn't even on an a a League. It was A and B and I was always on the B squad. I just wasn't that good. I was always down on myself back then because I always uh saw my friends and they were on the A team and they've been playing sports since they were kids. And I just hopped into football when I was a like, sophomore year. I didn't play sports. Well, I played a little bit of baseball growing up, but that's about it. I played football and then You know, I ended up running track for a while. I wasn't that fast where I had D1 scholarships looking at me. So, you know, right after high school, I had no idea what to do. Um, I was living with my uncle and, you know, I was in his family household. It was about maybe six of us. And it's a lot of people in one small house. So I didn't have all that attention that I needed or that structure for people to tell me, okay, you need to go to college. You need to do this. You need to do that. No. No. I ended up in Abilene, Texas with my high school girlfriend. And I was there for two years, went to McMurray University, um, decided to run track. Didn't really care to run track. I just, that's all I knew was go to school, run track, play football, go to class. That's all I knew. After Abilene, I was pretty lost because I had no idea what was I doing out there. I ended up calling my uncle and say, hey, uncle, I need to come back. Me and my girlfriend broke up. There's nothing out for me. This is a dead end. I just feel like I'm losing myself out here. So he says, you know what, nephew, come back. He took me under his wing. I got a job. Ended up going to Texas State University. And I was doing a whole bunch of extra work. Like I said, I was doing acting and stuff like that. But there's nothing too big, a lot of extra work. And people, when I mean extra work, I'm talking about being on set for nine to ten hours and only getting paid minimum wage. And I'm like, oh my, it was, it was crappy, but I just loved being there. So then when I got to Texas State University, um, my mom was so proud of me. I was the only guy in my family to go to college, and a big college at that, to me. And um, I ended up graduating from there. And I remember my senior year, man, I was going to drop out of college because I ended up signing with an acting agency. And um, there was a big gig in Atlanta. And I got the role and I felt like this role could have changed my entire life, no doubt about it. And I'm like, you know what, this is my, this is the door that God's opening for me. I need to just go full force. Got on the phone with my mom. My mom wasn't too happy. Got on the phone with my uncle. And then I had to sit back and think like, man, am I gonna pass up this opportunity to go do what I truly love to do or stay here for another semester and graduate from college? So after thinking about it long and hard, I felt like I owed this to my mom, that I put her through hell. Um, I wasn't the best kid growing up. I felt like this is something she's always wanted for me. So I decided to pass up on that gig and graduate from college. And then next thing you know, I get a call from my agent and say, hey, do you want to go on this dating show? It's a one episode uh, thing they're shooting in Austin. I was like, what? I said, who's hosting it? They said Jerry Springer. I was like, okay, (laughs) what kind of dating show are you setting me up for? No, he hosted a show called Baggage on the Road. And from there, my reality TV life just kicked off, kicked off, yo. And um, ever since then, you know, MTV saw me end up getting on a show called Are You the One on MTV? And this was when I was 24 years old. And I, probably, I was probably one of the oldest guys there. Everybody was like 22, 20, 20, not 21, 22. And I felt like the oldest guy there. But, you know, I ended up getting to altercation on Are You The One? And let me explain a little bit about Are You The One. I'm not going to go too depth in it, but it's just a dating show. Ten guys, ten girls, find your love and win $100,000. We end up getting second place. I didn't find love. But I did. Like I said, I got into a couple of altercations with people and MTV saw that they knew I was a loose cannon and I had a mouthpiece and I wasn't afraid to speak up and say what was on my mind. So then. People, after Are You The One, I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, I went back um, to Austin, San Marcos, Texas State. Um, I was working at the club bartending. Working the door guy, picking up bottles, cleaning up after people, not leaving work till four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, seeing the sun rise. And this is how I was paying my bills and getting by. And I get a phone call from MTV again and say, Hey, we want you on a show called The Challenge. I never watched The Challenge in my life. I've probably seen it a couple of episodes, seen a couple of clips, but never seen it in my life. <laughs> I get on this show, I'm thinking it's another dating show. And trust me, people, this blows my mine it was not a dating show it was a competitive show and i did not know this until i got to the airport and did my research like let me see what what i'm getting myself into so i didn't train for this show i didn't do anything um i was always fit in college i just loved being the gym i loved being in shape so i was always in shape but i was never really fit so i got on this show and next you know everything took off from there man and i'm seven seasons deep in this show been on mtv for the last seven eight years well six years of my life and i've um, been doing a whole tv industry so that's a little short story and a little background i know that was a little bit long people but now mm-hmm. i'm here that's a,
0: that's a good timeline of how it all began and and how you got into it let me tell you folks man this dude is fit man he's a tank when i first met nelson met through mutual friends a year a year and a half ago something like that Decided to do a little work together in the pool, help him with his, his pool moves. And when I first saw Nelson swim, it was like, I was looking at him going, that's pure, unadulterated strength, man. I used to say it to Nelson, hey, only Godzilla can get through the water like that. That's how strong this guy is, man. He's a totally different swimmer today. He looks like Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, one of those guys, man. He's swimming, swimming at a high level. <laughs> now, I've read your favorite color is black and white. I know you there's a statement in that because that ain't blue, that ain't red, that ain't orange, that ain't green, that's black and white. So what's up with that?
1: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I see things, I see life uh, throughout the time I've, you know, spent on this earth. I see things as black and white. And I think that's what, when people ask me what kind of colors I do like, and, and what I see is like, I think either you want something or you don't, and, it's simple. It's simple facts. Like It's, it's, it's black and white. Either you're going to put in the work or you're not going to put in the work. I've always said that throughout my life. It's like it's right in front of you. If you want it, you can get, grab it. If you don't, then, hey, there's no different colors right there. There's no red. There's no blue. There's no white. There's nothing. There's nothing blinding you. And I always, I've always said that throughout life. And I said things can be black and white if you wanted to. But if you want to make the route a little bit harder, it's always going to be a little bit harder. But how bad do you want it? I think that's what you, what you're asking me right now. Nelson is an intellect and a bit of a
0: philosopher. So I knew when he said my favorite color is black and white. No, 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 man, I know the dude. There's more to Nelson. You know, he's telling you something. You just got to know to read into that. So I, I'm glad you, glad you explained that. This is a very eclectic show that you're on, and there are many different kinds of events. Just give me three of the events that show the diversity of the show, why it's so tough. It's not just physical. There's an intellectual piece of it, too. So just give me three of the things that go on. I do want the the one physical piece for you to describe is what I saw the other day, what I'm going to call a modern-day version of jousting. And what you did like a modern-day version of that, except the jousting stick was your body and the horse was your body. So I want you to describe really two things that go on in that event right there, so people get an idea of what you have to do on the show.
1: People, what he's talking about is an elimination called Hall Ball. It is very known for the challenge. If you don't know know what the challenge is, it's been over 36 seasons on MTV. It used to be called Road Rules, and it's all different kinds of people from different shows competing for millions of dollars. And one of the things we have to go through is eliminations. And how do you get into eliminations? Well, sometimes you get voted in or you put yourself down there so you can make it to the final. Well, the elimination he's talking about, I'm well known for, it's called Hall Brawl. And it's basically a hallway, probably your your opponents right across from you, probably 30 feet away, a good running room to get Full speed into colliding. Let me just add to
0: this. Just imagine two plexiglass walls that are slightly wider than your shoulders and about 75 feet long. So there's a wall on your left, a wall on your right, about 75 feet long, and these two line up at the at each end of this thing
1: and do what? Wow. He described it perfectly. And we run full speed at each other. And either we're going underneath or we're going on top. And trust me, people. You're not jumping over anybody <laughs> if they're gonna go if they're if y'all y'all are destined to collide and the hit's gonna happen no matter what. And the guy I was going up against, he's about maybe 6'3, 250. His name's Rogan, he's a rugby player out of the UK. And he was a pretty hefty dude, he had a good 60 50 pounds on me, and we're running full speed at each other. And when I First feel that initial hit, man, trust me. I felt it throughout my entire body. And at that point, you just kind of describe ask,
0: it as oh, planets colliding, man. This is like early planets colliding in the making of the universe. Like, boom. And then the one I saw, man, you made this really cool move. You went low to the guy. You went, like, dive down by, like, you're going to take him out like a linebacker, taking out a runner. But he anticipated that. And he went low, too. And then the mm-hmm. T, you just went head to head. Their head,
1: yeah. Powerful loud violent collision man the thing about the elimination man if your opponent's a lot taller and a lot bigger than you you're not going to be able to manhandle him like that so you got to get as low as possible and the fact that he did notice that and when our helmets hit and we had gopros on our helmets that's why i ended up with a black eye as you saw because that I, I gopro hit me right in the eye but man it was terrible ah i can't tell you how bad that hit hurt but at that time, you got to realize you only got a second to think about what the next move is going to be. Either you're going to try to get bes- beside him or you're going to try to go underneath him. And y'all are going to wrestle for each other. And the whole point of this uh, the game is to get to the other side, opponent to the other side and ring your bell. You, you got to get around that guy, right? You have to get, yeah. get past that guy. You get through that guy. You get <laughs> right through him. Like I said, there's no getting around. You get through him. Either you're going under him uh, or you're going through no, you're, <laughs> you're
0: going through you, you had this six foot four dude on the ground and I watched your colleagues there who are watching this, your teammates watching this going, dude, he's got him on the ground. All he's got to do is like untangle with mm-hmm. the guy and run past him. It was that simple you had this guy beat, man, and he ended up winning this particular one. So in your mind, what was happening in the moment where all you do is untangle and run by him, breaking apart and running past him?
1: Honestly, how big he was and how strong I knew he was. At that point, I lost focus on what I needed to do, and I was so worried about how I needed to wrap him up and bring him towards me a little bit closer and closer. And what I should have done, like you said, it was, a, it was a mistake on my part. I should have just let go and ran for it because I, I would have won. But at that point, I wasn't thinking, out, and I lost my train of focus. People you were know, overthinking. Yeah, I, no, I think I wasn't thinking at all. After that uh. after I took that hit, I was so out of it. I was like, okay, let me just hold on for the ride for right now. And I didn't realize how close I was to my bell. But I would have knew I was that close, and I could hear them screaming but you don't hear nothing. Yeah. You're, you're such in a zone. You, you don't hear nothing what's going on. You just know you're fighting for your life right now. And that's the whole point. But I wish I can go back to that moment and just let go and ran for my bell. But it, like I said, I made a mistake. I hold it on. I thought I, was, I thought I was a lot further away from my bill than I thought I was. At that point, when I knew I had fell down, I was like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. As you saw in the second round, We were just at each other. After that first round, man, you really got to pick yourself up and say, I got to go through this again. And at that point, I'm like, you know what, let's go. Because I was ready to go. I knew I was lost by a little bit, and I knew he was out of breath. His endurance wasn't as as good as mine, but his strength was. He was a lot stronger than me. So I knew the second round. If I knew I hurried up and tried to move as fast as possible. maybe I would have got him. But I didn't even give my, my time to – I didn't give myself time to even breathe. And next, you know, the second round goes, and I'm not even ready for it. And we collide again. And I try to get past this guy. And at this moment, I'm thinking, oh, everything is going downhill. Everything is going downhill. I lost the first round. Because you got to think about it, Once you lose – if you win the first round, now you have the confidence. Like, oh, Yes, okay, I got one more round to win. No, if I would have won this next one, I would have to beat him again. So honestly, man, after doing that second round, I was highly upset with myself that I took that loss because I had every every willpower to win, but I just couldn't get the job done.
0: The difference between first and second in that event was just a strategic moment that was missed. That's it. It's one thing when you just get flat beat, you couldn't win. You actually could have won. That scrimmage you were having, what's the guy's name?
1: Um, There's two guys I want to guess. I'm hoping you're talking about, are you talking about my second season or the previous season? Last season. Last season, his name's Rogan.
0: There's a movie called Grizzly Man. I think everyone should see it. It's a fascinating story about a guy who goes into Alaska for 15 years trying to protect grizzly bear who don't need protecting because the particular place that he's protecting these animals are already protected. It's a fascinating movie and it's worth the price of admission. For one scene in this movie where two grizzly bear on a beach go at it, and it's a sight to behold to see animals and beasts of this size and this power decide to go toe-to-toe on the beach. The only difference between Nelson and Rogan is that the bears would take these mini breaks. They'd stand up, they'd check each other out, and then collide and have these violent, kick-ass fighting going on, take a break, and then start again. This goes on for like five minutes. It's hairy to watch the power. This is what I was watching when you two were doing it. It was like that, except there right. was no break. You guys were in the clenches, in the trenches. No one was giving anything up. It was full bore power, isometric, and it took a lot of stamina, a lot of muscle mass, and a lot of power for you to deal with that. I was impressed, man. Again, the link is here. Everybody check it out. You make your own decision. You're going to agree with me.
1: I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. That's exactly what it is, man, you um, know. And not every elimination is like this. This this game is it's it's well-rounded game. You have to be very intelligent. You have to make moves right on the spot. Um it's it's very physical, um, and it's very it, it fucks with your mind. It, it, we put in the house. This is a scientific experiment, people. You don't realize there's twenty people in this house, maybe even thirty sometimes, fighting for a million dollars, ready to backstab you. Prize money is a million bucks. So, wanna get a million bucks? Yes.
0: And you're playing for a million bucks.
1: Yes, yes. And trust me, to call yourself a champion in this game it's is everything? Because y'all gotta realize this show has been on for 36 seasons. There's not that many people that's you, that can call themselves a champion in this game. Man, the finals. I've been to one final, and it was my second season in Thailand. Trust me, I lost by two minutes. Two minutes, people. I still remember that final till today. It was a four-day final. No sleep, um, competing in Thailand, swimming in the ocean, rock climbing, eating spiders, eating. Uh, we were eating cow balls. It was just nasty, throwing up while we were running, S- not not sleeping at all because you were not allowed to sleep. And then swimming through the current in Thailand, the ocean, and not just that—you had to. It was a mind thing. You had to figure out puzzles, math, to just to get to the next objective. So these finals can kill you. They really break you and show you who you really are. So with that episode we've been talking about, that hardball, I sacrificed myself for a friend of mine because he has kids. People don't realize what made me, what made the episode so special and had the most views this this show has ever had, ever had, top views, number one show, that episode is because I sacrificed myself for my friend because he has two kids at home and I knew why he needed to go to the final. I was already locked in to go to the final, but I knew it was out of us two and it came down to me telling the guys like, hey, If anybody has to go down into elimination, choose me. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I thought I was going to win it, no doubt about it, but I didn't win it. But um, that's what made this uh, episode so deep is because I show so much empathy. And nowadays, I think people are scared to show that this show really shows who you really are. You grow from the show. I've grown a lot from the show. I was a knucklehead. I was out of control back in the day and I've came so far and I wouldn't be the man I am today. If it wasn't for the show, because like I said, I've done seven seasons. Um, sometimes you're with the same people and you grow with these people and they see you when you were 20, 22, acting for drinking, fighting. I been kicked off two of these shows, one for fighting, two for fighting. And, um, just acting the ass and losing control of my anger. So I've learned to control my anger. I've learned a lot. And it's taught, it's taught me how to be a man and take responsibility. And I've always told people it's not how hard you fall. It's how you get back up and willing to fight for it. And I, that's a code I've always lived by my entire life.
0: Let me tell you, uh, folks, I know Nelson. I know him as an intellect and a bit of a philosopher. We heard that earlier. But, what I, but even more than that, more important than those two combined is the uh, respectful, respectful guy, shows gratitude. You're a good dude. What I say, you're a good Texan. Texans are—they have respect. They're good people. Their feet are planted firmly on the ground. There was a statement out there that somebody made. Let me paraphrase or quote this thing. You tell me what they're talking about, okay? With one single selfless move, Nelson became a challenge legend. Legend. You may not have won yet, but you're already considered a legend on the show. This is a huge statement, man. So, what are they talking
1: about when you, what did you do to become a legend? What they're talking about, people, is a move I made that I just explained when I sacrificed myself for my friend. So, that made you a legend on the show. That's not known to, for anybody to do that on the show. Nobody's ever done that. Just give up a million dollars so your friends can go to the final. We've had people still on the show. We've had people uh, uh, stab people in the back to get to the next uh, challenge or next to, to the final. Um, they lie to people's face. They'll tell you anything they want you to hear. But the guy that I took my, the sacrifice, the sword for him, was a good friend of mine he's like a brother to me we, we grew up our MTV careers together and he's a best friend we talk every day and um to now I get asked the same question all the time Nelson do you regret your decision because everybody thought I would have won that final that last season a lot of people thought I would have won and um you know I honestly thought I would have won dude um unfortunately it didn't happen like that and you know, one day I will. One day I will. And I think a lot of people respected me because I was a, I was a villain on the show, people. If you didn't realize that, if you didn't watch towards the second season, last, I mean, I'm sorry, last season, um, I was a villain. I was kind of hated on the show. And, you know, there's always villains on the show. Always, you know, a lot of people, not everybody's going to like you. A lot of people are going to hate you. I would always spoke my mind no matter what. And I, Maybe I was wrong or maybe I wasn't. We agree to disagree, but a lot of people didn't see eye to eye to me, eye to eye to me on the show. But after the last season, everybody loved me. Everybody truly respected the man I've become, see and even had fans, friends, kids, moms, dads reach out to me just to talk to their kids or to give them some kind of uh, inspire them to do something, inspiration. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like feeling so much love from everybody it's so overwhelming but it's a blessing so I, I gained a lot out of the show even though i didn't win i did not win it. i didn't accomplish my goal but you know it will get accomplished but um, yeah. i gained the people's respect you do have everyone's respect there's love for you and respect for
0: you all over the internet And all people have to do is look it up and of course you can't satisfy everybody right but what i always right. say to people competing is there are exceptions to this rule, but very, very few, and you lose more on the way to winning, you'll never have as many wins as losses. And if we define losses as anything other than first place, which is what we're really talking about, right? Then you can spend most of your time, all athletes in second place, third place, not qualifying, always a threat, but not on the podium. So the fact that you haven't gotten to the top of the podium, I don't think means Anything. You're going through this. You've been in second position. You're always a threat. They invite you back because you're always a threat. They don't invite people back who aren't a threat. And they need something more than just personality out of these people. They need the personality and the psychological dynamics between the, the opponents. They need someone who can really challenge people on the show.
1: Right? Right. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh,
0: so, hey, you'll, you'll get there. You got
1: my vote. You're known as tough as nails. Why is that? I think a lot of people... Um just saw the way I compete and saw that I give 110% each time, no matter what it is, no matter if, it, if all the odds are against me, all the cards are against me, I'm going to 100% and regardless of it. And um, I think a lot of people saw that in me the, these last couple of seasons. Everybody thinks I'm a great competitor. And a lot of people know I do struggle with puzzles. I do struggle with the, um, you know, puzzles gets me all the time. Tough as nails, you, you, you tell me to run up a hill, you eat this, eat that, carry this, swim here, do that, um, do all that, go. I mean, I, I call hypothermia. <laughs> Your body catches, catches hypothermia at 36. My body was at a 34. I had to go straight to the hospital. Um, you're pumped full of IVs, and this is with the Czech Republic. So I think that's one of the reasons why people think I'm tough as nails, because I'm willing to put my life on the line to win the entire thing and not think twice. And maybe that's not the smartest thing, but that's just the competitiveness in me. That's the athlete in me. Like Will Smith said, you had to kill me before I get off this treadmill. <laughs> you beating me. <laughs> that's exactly what I had to do. I had to take my ass to the hospital because I caught hypothermia. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, folks, just so you know... Uh- Nelson's traveling all over the world. And he's mostly in European countries where they use the metric system. So yes, you heard the number right. He's saying roughly, you know, give or take 35 degrees for hyperthermia. That's in Celsius. So the number is correct in Celsius. So in, uh, in Fahrenheit, it's roughly 95 and below. But he's quoting Celsius. So for those of you who are, who are, who are thinking he got it wrong, no, he got it right. He's just talking Celsius. That's mm-hmm. what it takes to win. That, that's just what it takes to win, man. So we get that it's physics. You run up hills. I know you got to swim in ice cold water and oceans and stuff like that. But uh, talk to me about the just a couple of the brain challenges that are part of this so people can get a sense of the diversity of the show.
1: So some of the brain challenges, and this was in a final, man, imagine your body ice cold coming out of the ocean and you have to figure out a triangle within a triangle within 10 triangles, then a math problem to figure out the code to unlock the math problem. Keep math problem in your head run five miles make sure it's the correct answer plug it in if it's you have, if you there's one number off you're running back five miles and not just that you're figuring out puzzles at that same time the next objective figure out this puzzle put these c- colors in order um, and this, your body and your brain is not at a hundred percent no more you 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 you're depleted and you're still trying to figure out these puzzles and your brain work, but you also need your body to work at the same time because now you got to carry these puzzles pieces probably up the hill and figure out the puzzles pieces.
0: It's a whole new level of laser light focus because if you got to run five miles remembering a math problem to solve a problem five miles down the road, you do not want to turn around and go get the formula again and run. That's 15 miles if you fuck up.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's no joke either. It's no joke because that one little mistake, that one number that's wrong, you're going back down the hill or you're doing something again over and over. And you got to realize these people have one shot, maybe two shots are getting it right if the other people are getting it right because now you're, you're competing against 19 other people that are trying to get the same map. And not everybody on that show is athletic. Some people are just smart. Some people are just a character. And then you, you have your uh, meatheads. Then you have like the, the, the good, look. you know, you have, you have a variety of people in this house. Not everyone is a D1 athlete because that's not what it takes. You have to be a well-rounded athlete. You have to be able to move. You have to be able to think while you're under pressure. You got you you to have balls of steel because maybe you're going to be jumping out of a plane the next day and then swimming into the ocean and then underwater to figure out your puzzle. So it takes a lot of balls. We jump off hills. We're, we're on skyscrapers, buildings, climbing on the side of the building to look at a puzzle piece and then come back up there and tell your partner, I've done that before. So trust me, I've been, uh, man, I can't tell you how many times my balls have sinked into my stomach because i scared I was of these challenges and telling myself, don't look down, don't look down, don't look down. You got it. You got it. <laughs>
0: That's really where the old Nike moniker comes in. Just do it. Just do just,
1: it. Just yeah, I agree. You just, just have to do it. it, man. You're there. You can't say now nah, I'm gonna go home. We've had people do that too. People have gotten scared not to do it. And then, and then TJ, which is a host, really good guy, he's a BMXer. Um, he'll send you home. Oh, oh you want to quit on me? He'll he'll let you know. This ain't a quitting, this is not for the week. If if that's what you go ahead, walk away. He'll kick you right off the show, right then and there.
0: You have to, you have to, because everyone else is there to fight. We see these reality shows. We see people, you know, show up on day 1 and they're happy and they're excited and they're running around. Is that the best that it is really when you show oh up, and, God. you know, or is, I mean, is, does, uh, can it get better than the, than the moment of no pressure where you you know, you get one day to eat all that great food, enjoy
1: the outdoors for a minute? What's that like? I'm happy you asked that because you know a lot of people don't ask that and you don't realize how happy we are in the beginning of that first 2 weeks. The first 2 weeks are amazing. We run into uh, a mansion. No, I Like you said, we don't know where we're at at this point because we don't find out where we're going until we get to the airport. So we don't know where we're going to the desert. We're going to South Africa. We're going to Iceland, Colombia, uh, Mexico. When we get there and we run into these houses, picking our rooms, none of us are worried about challenges, elimination. We're just happy we are there. We're getting to know each other. Everybody's playing a friendly card. Basically, everybody has a mask on. Really? No, so, the, so everybody's no. front, everybody's fronting at this yes. point. The really? goes on as soon as you get into house. Everything matters. When you run into the house, what room? Who's your roommates? Who are you staying with? Who's your alliance? Who do you know? Are you a rookie? Are you a vet? Are you a girl? Are you single? Are you a guy? Do you do you know anybody else in this house? Who's connected to who? So a lot of people don't know when you when you pick your room, that's a huge thing right there. Because that is e- that's either your alliance or as people you hate. And you never want to be in the same room as the same people on your squad. You always want to put yourself in a room where you don't really know nobody so you can make make new friends. Because not only is it a competitive game, it's a popularity game too. And that's what sucks about it because it all comes down to votes. Is that they a little bit like Survivor in that regard? This is a little bit of Survivor. This is a little bit of Big Brother. This is a little bit of Fear Factor. All put together in one.
0: Yeah, coffee. Fear Factor popped into my head when you were describing yeah. being on top of buildings and having to do stuff like that.
1: We've lived outside in one of our seasons, like Survivor. We've lived outside. Big Brother, stay in the house the entire time. We're not allowed to leave this house. This is all we know. All we have is these four rooms, the kitchen, and the gym. That is right.
0: it. We gotta ask- No
1: two meet up. Go ahead
0: i got to ask you something. This is fascinating. Everybody shows up, the mask is on. What you're telling me is everybody at this point is phony in a friendly way, phony and full of shit, the mask is on. But this is actually the best time because you don't have to deal with who they really are and who they really are is going to come out under certain
1: situations, certain pressure. And you- I don't think that. I don't, I don't think that at all. I think, you know, this game changes people. This game changes people but a lot. If
0: they're showing up on day one with their masks on, then mm-hmm. it's phony right out of the gate.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Because you got to realize these pe- these people have to make friends. The rookies have to make friends. They we, they're not gonna tell you, "Oh, I don't like this guy because he said this shit on the bus," or "I don't like this guy because I have known him from outside the show." Nobody's gonna say their show their true colors right there. I found out later on down the road that people knew each other from the show and didn't like each other. I was like, "Oh, you know her from social media, and y'all uh, got it." That makes sense because people aren't showing up. Even though it's the first
0: day, good point. They're not showing up for the first time. There are already dynamics. There's already history, except for the new people coming in who are going, huh, what? Except for those folks, everyone else is already, the game has already started then, really, in in effect. So
1: Let me me rephrase that. For the rookies, it's very brand new, and they probably don't have a mask on. But think about this. They've done Big Brother. They've done Survivor. They're coming from another show, so their mind is already thinking like clockworks, especially when you're coming from a competitive show like Survivor or Big Brother. They've lived in the house. They've competed outside, so they know what they need to do to win money. That's what their goal is at the end of the day. Yeah, everybody's friendly and kumbaya in the beginning, but they know it's a game show. Now, you, you get a rookie from a show that's not competitive, maybe a dating show. They still know there is some sort of reality TV show. You know, So not everybody's gonna be their true self when that camera comes off. Either the camera comes on, and you get all shy, or the camera comes on, you act a fool, you're a smart ass, or you just try to get a lot of camera time. That's, that's it, and like you said, the vets, we have history of each other. We have, we have flipped on each other. We have lied to each other. We've either <laughs> backstabbed each other. We beat each other in competitions. We've talked, we have talked mess to each other. So it's like there's some history there, too. That's interesting. I didn't think of that at all. To
0: me, from my point of view, you know, I turn on a TV. I see day one. I see happy bodies, happy people, beautiful places. And I'm thinking, man, this has got to be the best moment throughout the whole show where, you know, they're relaxed and there's no threat. No one's under any pre- bullshit. The pressure... The pressure started really even before they got on the plane because you know what you're going into and the masks got to get on and and uh, there's history and there's dynamics and
1: th- this, all this already stuff take this into consideration too what the viewers see y'all don't see every minute of the day that we've been together they take these clips and they have to edit and break this down they're filming 24 7. when we're sleeping they're filming when we're up they are filming when we're doing whatever they're filming so they got to take these clips and make one whole episode so we've probably known each other we've probably been around each other a lot more than what y'all see and when, which, when y'all view it when the viewers view it is when we get to see it so we don't know how they're gonna project this on tv or how they're gonna make it seem like oh this guy's crazy because he did this or he did that but there's so many scenarios going around in the house that people are like take this image of you what they see on tv and say oh this guy's a fucking dick because he said this to this. But like, yeah, there's a lot going on, man. I watch these shows
0: and I say, there's no question. Now I could be wrong, okay? But I am convinced that part of getting on one of these types of shows, especially these days, there's got to be this long questionnaire that they give you and what they're really trying to do. Obviously you have to have the talent. What makes the show crazy is not that stuff. It's the interplay between people. So I've always thought in the early days, like, Fear factor. You just got on if you had a good five-minute video and answered a couple of really stupid, simple questions easily, you get on the show. That's not happening today. I think today they're asking really detailed questions about you, what you think, what you feel, where you're strong, where you're weak, all, all these things that sort of expose who you are psychologically. They're looking for differences in psychological profiles to create drama and to get the drama to make the show a big success,
1: ratings-wise. Is that so? Correct. Correct. So I'm going to let you in on a um, a little, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but a little production side process of getting onto this show is ridiculous. Like you said, we have to take a psych exam. Thousand questions. True or false, yes or no, I have to do this every season. And then I got to sit with a doctor, psych for about an hour. We run through my mind. And then we had to take – We, have, we also take, yeah, we also – yeah, we had to take a test, an athletic test. You could jump, run, or whatever, breathing or, or this and that. And, yeah, there's a questionnaire. There's, they look for people with different uh, characteristics that's going to bring out the worst in somebody else. Or, like you said, that, that they just don't match up. But, hey, drama sells. Sex sells. Compete. Com- People competing, going at each other's head, willing to cut each other's throat to get to the next level. It sells, and people love it. They eat it up. They eat it up, man. And you're right. Not every, not every, um, everybody gets on the show. There's applicants that would love to get on the show, but to get on this particular show, you have to come from another show. So you, people always ask me, how do I get onto a challenge? And I was like, I'm, I'm very athletic. I have a great character. and I look good. Look, it's, it's not about that. It's about you getting onto a show and they seeing you and they seeing the person you like. And then say, okay, we got a person from American Got Talent. He's a singer. He's a singer. He's not, a, he's not, an athlete. He's not an athlete. He's not, he's not that. I mean, I'm not saying he's not smart, but he's not like a brainiac, but he's a singer. So we're, and then we got people from survivor. Then we got people from big brother. Then we got people from the UK, which these last five seasons we incorporated people from the uk reality tv shows and like these people in the uk go crazy no filter no anything it's wild so um you have all these different personalities in one house the house is gonna get shooken up people (laughs) i'm telling you right now we are a family but we are a um your adversarial family. Oh, I mean, you're a yes, family, but yes, you're adversarial. Yes. You know, you got to fight. exactly, right. exactly what we are. Yeah. Because like I, like I said, we grow together. We've been on plenty of seasons together, and you know? um We've learned about each other. We, I mean, we see some of my friends have kids on this show now with other, with other people. So I've seen these people grow become a father, become a man, um, and they become a mother. So it's crazy. Do people find love on this show? Oh, there is. Um, the, my best friend, he found. He did find love with her. He's, he has two kids with her. And, you know, those things are real. Those things can happen on the show. I dated two girls from this show, was in a relationship for two years. And there was nothing fake about it. But the hardest thing about being in a relationship, man, outside the show and being on reality TV, and I want the people to know this, man, you don't have privacy. Everything you do is on a microscope. And it's mm-hmm. I can jaywalk across the street or go to jail for intoxication, but I'm all over the newspaper. I'm all over social media. Um, Nelson did this, blah, blah, blah. It's so blown up. But the average person can do the same thing. But since you got a little light, a little thing to your name, be ready, be ready for that because a lot of people are there to take you down and make a fool of you. So going into this reality TV thing, people think it's all fun and games and it's cool, but there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I didn't know and I had to learn as time went on because nobody taught me. I didn't know I was going to come into somebody. I was going to walk into a store and 10, 20 people knew who I was. Or, and, and I love it. It's a blessing. People in Brazil, South Africa, UK, have fans all over the world. And it's ridiculous. But it makes me hold myself to a higher standards for the next generation to teach the younger generation or to leave my mark in this game, to leave my mark on this earth that God gave me this platform to show who I am and to show people they can, if I can do it, they can do it. And that's why I look at the challenge, because I see so many kids that reach out to me, and look at me as inspiration and inspire them to go to the gym, go work out, eat good, and this and that. And um, it's a lifestyle. So, What's the average age of the people who watch the show? Do you know this? Man, I want to say, this is crazy, but I had somebody that was like 52, that came up to me that loved me, but then I had somebody that was nineteen, eighteen, and uh, in college come up to me and say they love me. You know what I'm saying? Hey, big fans yeah, of wife, you. blah, a block. Yeah, it's it's it, it's been on for of 37 seasons. No show you know has been on. Of, reality shows been on for of 37 seasons. That's crazy. I was a kid, I think the show was on. I'm gonna
0: read another quote here, and you tell me what this is about, okay? Nelson Thomas exited the challenge double agents this week with an even heavier heart, knowing that he was stabbed in the back by people he thought were his real friends outside the game, not in the game, outside the game. So that's a whole different dynamic. These are people who you take home with you. Right. What what happened, man?
1: You know, I have an open heart, and um, I don't have that much family, so the friends I do have, I consider them family. And one of the guys from the previous season, him and I got really, really close. And this season, that's all right now, he stabbed me in the back. Um, him and I talked outside the show. We had plans to live together, travel the world, and just take over. And next thing you know, he saw, a, um, I guess, a door open for him a hardball. The, the same elimination that I did last season that you saw me with the big guy, Rogan. Well, this guy's even bigger than Rogan. And I went against him in the same exact thing. The same, I'm talking, this guy, 6'4", was in the NFL, slot receiver, been big. His name's Fessy. And um, I thought he was my true friend. And um, next thing you know, he puts a knife in my back and goes against me in hardball. He didn't have to do that. Him and I were in the same alliance, and he decides to go against me and throw me down. And um, I ended up losing. You think Rogan was an elimination match? Watch when you see Fessy and me go this, and this is this season. So if you YouTube it, it's one of the biggest views, biggest episodes of this season, to be honest with you. The biggest, one of the, one of the biggest episodes this season. Fessy against Nelson and Hogwall challenge season 37. And um, it was, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I was very, I'm not going to get too sentimental, but I was very heartbroken when it happened because I couldn't even look at the man. And at that moment, at that moment, I was so emotionally, I was going through so much emotions throughout elimination, Devastated. that elimination. Devastated. I didn't even focus on the elimination because I'm looking across the hall and I'm seeing my best, one of my best friends decides to go against me. And I, I had a dislocated finger at that time and I, I had a hurt back going into this elimination.
0: Hey, thanks for listening in here, and I appreciate you stopping by and stand by for episode two. You've been listening to the Who
1: Are You podcast, brought to you by Biotropic Labs, sports performance supplements for people who move. Join us next time for another edition of the Who Are You podcast.